2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
3: Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
2: Welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Disaster Response Edition. Oh, uh, boy, guys. I don't even know where to start. Um, so, look, I know that old Vertoram's there. He's been simmering under the surface now for a few hours, so he's about to boil over. Patrick Allen, Matt Connor, Matt Vertoram. Vertoram, go ahead. Have at it. Thoughts on the game?
4: Thoughts on the game. It wasn't much of one. It was if, if, if you told me that the Chiefs had money on Tennessee, it would have made more sense. I have been steadfast in saying this is going to be a playoff team. This is a team that's going to contend. They'll be there. They'll get right. My opinion of that changed watching this game today. And not because they lost. Because of how they lost. They were gutless. They didn't show up on defense. They barely cared by the end of the game. I, I mean, watching that game, and, and I know uh, Brandon Kylie, who used to do radio out in KC and now is in, I believe, St. Louis, tweeted out of a couple of clips. I saw some others elsewhere. They do look like they cared. I mean, they, they were just getting blown by nobody was putting in any effort other than other than Nick Bolton, who looked like Ray Lewis in this game coming downhill. He was the only positive. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to not even care that you're losing. And that's what that game looked like. Offensively, I didn't quite see that quit that I saw in the defense. But Mahomes with two more turnovers, just two more. And the interception was a ridiculous interception. First and yep. 10. What are you doing? stop forcing them all into coverage. The fumble, carrying it like a loaf of bread, not even. And ball was just out in the middle of the open field and he gets stripped. Uh, he fumbled a third time, excuse me, a second time. He fumbled a second time on uh, the first drive of the game, which was recovered by the Chiefs. He was, he was awful, awful in this game. And we all rightfully give him a pass more than most because he's him and he's been unbelievable. It's fair to say this year, he's had his share of great highlight level plays it's also fair to say this year he has sucked way more often than he normally does. He was awful against Buffalo. He threw a terrible pick to cost them against Baltimore. The same is true against the Chargers. The, the Washington game was ridiculous in the first half. Like, at some point, you're the best player on the field, man. You're getting paid a half billion dollars. I don't care if you're pressing. Figure it out. And then also, and I'll shut up, the coaching staff I'm not a fire everybody guy. I don't, I don't do that. I don't believe in that. If they're this bad the rest of the year, everybody's job should be on the line. I'm not saying they should move on, and I don't think they will move on for the record. But everybody should be evaluated after this season, starting with Steve Spagnuolo. How they get into these games? And the second touchdown with Tennessee was a third down pass on the outside to A.J. Brown over Mike Hughes. Why the hell is Mike Hughes in the game? And why is he in man coverage on A.J. Brown? What are we doing? There's no excuse with Traverius Ward back. Traverius Ward isn't Deion Sanders, but he's better than Mike Hughes is. Why is Hughes one-on-one one of the league's best receivers? And throughout the game, you see Frank Clark out there, who, by the way, I, I did the math. There are 504 players in the league with more tackles than Frank Clark this season. It's unreal. I think the Chiefs have to be examined from the top down. And I thought today was disturbing because I thought their defense flat out quit.
2: And that, that's something I haven't said about them in a very long time. It was disturbing. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was more disturbed about the offense than I was about the defense in this game. And I know it, it might seem crazy because it didn't seem like the defense was doing much either, but I do think they did some things well in this game and we'll get to that, but we're not done yelling at them yet. So Matt Connor, your initial thoughts to this complete abject disaster.
3: You know, it's embarrassing. It's pitiful. We're miserable at Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, here's the thing. How many games like this can you have? I mean, how many times after a game can we hear a quarterback, a coach, a staff go, oh yeah, we know what we need to do. We're going to clean it up. Yeah. We know the efforts we need to make. We got to make the I mean, you know, we're like, we're just hearing a lot of coach speak, a lot of players speak Yep. after the game. I just remember thinking, okay, we've had the close call. We've had the wake up call. We've had the back against the wall game. Like, what's this one? Like, like, Oh, this is the second stomach punch we needed. And now we're going to get, okay, maybe I just need to come to terms with the fact that this team is not the iteration it was last year and definitely not the year before and just grieve. And then, and then get over my expectations. But when I look at this team, I'm still thinking I'm watching three to five or six Hall of Fame players in their prime. The entire AFC, you know, the Jets beat the Titans. The Ravens got raised today. Like no one looks superb week after week. So there's a part of me still looking at the Chiefs going, you can still do this. You can still do everything you want to do. And then week after week, they come out and do nothing that they say they want to do. What do you do? What do you do with that? What do you do with someone or a unit of someone's who lack the ability to look honestly at their own self and make the requisite changes? I don't know. I just don't know.
2: I'm with you, Matt. Like it doesn't make sense. This is the thing that's been dry. And I keep asking it on this podcast. How is this happening? So let's just go to our first topic. What the hell happened? How does this keep happening? Because to your point, you're like, this isn't the same team that it was last year. No, it should be like way better. This team whooped Buffalo in the AFC Championship game with a terrible offensive line. Now, all due respect to Eric Fisher, who was still playing well and was, was in there most of that game. But other than that, I mean, these were guys that we, were, we had to get rid of. And it, Brett Veach spent the entire offseason remaking the offensive line. And everybody was like, this offense is going to be the best offense that the Chiefs have ever seen. And the thing that is most disturbing to me when I watch them out on the field, and you saw it in the Buffalo game and you saw it in this game, there's been lack of focus against the bad teams. Against the good teams, they're just laying down. I mean, it's like they're playing, it's like these teams are playing a high school team when they go out there. There's, I, I just, it, and it's, it's not one, like, you like early in the season, we were like, Oh, it's the defense, the defense, or it's the turnovers. And this game was, um, the Chiefs' masterpiece. It really was. It was their masterpiece. It was their most complete, terrible game of the season, of which there have been many terrible games. But they really, you know, if you, if, if, if this was like Bizarro World or the upside down or whatever, this was like perfect. The, the coaches should be thrilled. Perfect execution on, on defense. Perfect. Lo, lo, they could have done a little better on offense. They did score three points. It's, it's just outrageous. I have no fucking idea what's going on. Apologies for the kids. No fucking idea what's going on. Verderan. Uh, no, I,
4: look, it's a top-down failure. It is a top-down failure with everyone involved with this. Brett Veach took a bunch of swings this offseason. I think other now the offensive line was awful today. On the whole, it's been very good. He hit there. They they didn't hit on defense. Every move they made stunk. Mike Hughes stinks. Jerron Reed, who everybody in the world thought was a good move at the time, in fairness, absolutely stinks. I I can't quantify how bad he's been. But I think the answer lies here in I I would start nailing some asses to the bench. I really would. I'll tell you right now, Monday Night Football, I would nail Frank Clark to the bench. I don't care. Cut him his check. Tell him to sit on the bench. Don't even bother putting on pads. You're not playing. I would nail him to the bench. Jeron Reed. If Anthony Hitchens can come back, same thing with him. I don't need to see him again. Nick Bolton's already better. Like, I'm done with it. I'm done watching. And I don't, for the record, I don't think Hitchens has quit or anything. I just think he's lost a step. I just get, I just sit him on the bench. I would get these guys on the bench. And one other thing I got to say, and I don't normally go in this realm, but I think it, it is warranted today. So, Harold Kuntz, uh, who is a, uh, is a very good reporter over at Fox 4 in Kansas City. Tweeted out during the game that he said, I don't know if there's i know, paraphrasing this a little bit, but he said, I don't know if there's video of it. Uh, but Tyron Matthew told a, a Titans fan to, and then it was a vulgarity it, to sit to sit somewhere on a, some genitalia. Okay. After the game, like immediately after the game, Tyron Matthew, who is not who is not tagged in the tweet, nothing like that, immediately responds like that's a lie, this and that. Now look. Maybe he gets in there and his phone's blown up and who knows? Maybe he's got a buddy or a family member who's saying, hey, you're being accused of this. I don't know. But you know what? Excuse the language. Get the fuck off Twitter. You just got your ass beat. And you're sitting there looking up what somebody's saying about you on Twitter. Who the fuck cares? Get off Twitter and make a play. Do something. Maybe sit in your locker for 15 minutes and think about what a joke you guys are. And instead, he's out there beefing with somebody on Twitter. What are you doing? I mean, this is the question I'd have if yeah. I'm Spagnolo or Veach or Andy Reid. You're a leader of this team, and you're more worried about your effing mentions than you are getting boat raced on a weekly basis. And I'm not yeah. saying he's at fault defensively for anything that happened today, but he sure shit didn't fix it. I didn't see him doing anything. I didn't see anybody doing it. The only guy in that team today who played like he gave a rat's ass was Nick Bolton. That was it. The rest of those guys were just one- one passenger after the next. It was a bunch of guys waiting for somebody else to make a play. And oh, look at that. We got our ass kicked again. And I think a lot of this stems from the fact that they just felt invincible for years on end. Because it's all right, paddle fix it. We've got him. He'll throw for a million yards, and our offense is going to score 35 points. And when that doesn't happen, they have no clue how to react. They have been far superior to the league, even though they lost the Super Bowl last year for the last two seasons. When that team's wanted to, it is just blown out anybody that's played. The problem is now, the rest of the league is not as far behind them in talent, and in some cases, is maybe even equal or ahead. And they don't know how to handle it. They're playing like a bunch of front runners and defensively today, like a bunch of cowards. And it led to them getting absolutely blown out of a building that, by the way, was about half full of Chief fans. It wasn't even a hard place to play today. And they couldn't bother, they couldn't manage to do anything right. So, then, you know, the next time they lose a game, maybe Tyron Matthew sits off of Twitter for five minutes and they talk about what the hell's going on with this team instead of Chris Jones dancing during practice and Frank Clark laughing his ass off with a minute to go down 27 to
2: three and Tyron Matthew worrying about what somebody said to him on social media. It's a joke. You know, they talk about the Super Bowl hangover. Matt Connor, obviously, last year would have been the Super Bowl hangover year. The Chiefs went 14 to two. They went back to the Super Bowl. They lost. Do you think that that is what is at the root of this is that you have a lot of guys on the team who are just so used to winning two years of an incredible run. I mean, we see this, like I'm a, I'm a bit of an EPL fan, right? And I've seen this in, in, in European soccer with like uh, um, Manchester city, like they went on like an incredible run, you know, and then they just had a year where they just like, didn't, you know, they were still really good, but just couldn't get it together. The next year, Liverpool, like barely lost a game, incredible run. And then last year, just, wasn't all there mentally. Is this what's happening to the chiefs? It's just like, there's too many guys on the team who, who they already made it to the mountaintop. And there's a little bit of a lack of focus or something that is just causing them not to perform at their absolute peak.
3: I mean, I, I, if you created a pie chart, I would give a slice of the pie to that. Right. I mean, I think there's a hundred layers here and I think blaming it on anything. That's why I just think from the top down, uh, even if Clark Hunt wanted to release a statement and just go, Look, I need to own part of this, too, because the whole organization needs to own part of this. Maybe that's not the worst gesture that even he could make just to insinuate that, look, we got to lay the blame for this on everyone's feet. Everyone's. So is there part of this that that is dependent? Like what Matt was saying, look, we got guys who know that they can rest on their laurels and and Mahomes is going to carry them across the finish line. Maybe there's some of that. Maybe there's some of this, uh, you know, we know we're going to get our act together because we've done so the last two years. Maybe that's part of it too. Maybe part of it is making one first round pick and it's a freaking running back in the last few years, you know? Uh, Maybe another one is paying two $20 million players on the defensive line and really neither one of them are doing much of anything, you know, these days, although, you know, Jones is, is dealing with a wrist injury. I mean, some of it's bad contracts, some of it is, is is not getting cost-controlled impact talent. Part of it is making so many low-risk maneuvers. Part of it may be coaches who are getting a little stale while the rest of the league is yep. making constant adjustments um, to try to um. live up to them. You know, the, the Chiefs, every time they step in the ring, they're the heavyweight title. It doesn't matter that they're three and three. It doesn't matter that they're in the AFC West basement. Everyone is looking at them going, we got to go through you and we're going to go through you. And we spent all off season looking for ways to go through you. And I'm not so sure that everyone on the Chiefs didn't spend the off season going, we just got two in a row. We'll come out. We'll come back with a catchy slogan next year and make another run and get back there again and, and then see what we can do in January. Like the regular season doesn't even matter. So I think players are to blame. I think coaches are to blame. I think other teams are to blame because they're just better than they were. Um, and I think the front office is to blame too. That said, I, I also don't want to say though, I don't want to go overboard and say head should roll. I don't want to say these players all suck. They'll never get it done. We're not even at the halfway point of the season. I mean, I mean, there's so much football left to play. It feels like a threat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, I get, I get that, but there's also a part of me and, and look, maybe this is like some sort of like naive optimism on my part and, and maybe I'll eat crow at season's end when I'm stuck writing about fucking mock drafts in the beginning of January, God forbid, please. Right.
2: Get one, well, you need to get one out next week.
3: Yeah. 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 Let, let, <laughs>
2: I'll just say this.
3: Look, you still have every game but one of the AFC West to come on the schedule. You still have half a season of football and you have a hall of fame coach who's in charge, and he didn't learn how to stop – like like if there's anyone to captain this ship and get things right, I would still trust Andy Reid. I still think 31 general managers would throw their mom in front of a moving – I said this on Twitter. They'd throw their mom in front of a moving bus to have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. I'm still a big believer here while also shaking my head going, you you got to come up with answers at every organizational level.
4: I'd like to just quickly add, and I thought that was well said. Um, real quickly, I will say this. I agree with you with Andy Reid. I think he is someone who, look, they're not, they're not firing him, nor should they fire him. Spags, if they don't get better throughout the course of the whole season, like that's, a, that's a question at the end of the year. Because if this is, if this is what we see for 17 weeks, I, this is the worst defense in the NFL history, right? I, look, you reeled off a bunch of reasons, like what might be some of the reasons that they have not played well. I'll throw out this reason that I feel like just doesn't get enough pub. And I certainly haven't given it any pub. Maybe they're just not that good. Like maybe they're just not that good. Honestly, like at some point you are what you are and defensively, they're a mess. They don't, they don't do one thing. Well, there's nothing about them that you're like, Oh, that's good. They're really good
2: at losing.
4: Yeah. That, 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 yeah. damn right. <laughs> Offensively. Like how many times you're going to turn the ball over. And it's always like every week we should hear, and I feel like an idiot every week doing this. Well, you know, they're <laughs> going to stop turning it over at some point. Well, Would they like to stop ever? I mean, and then, you know, I thought it was telling. They come out of halftime. You've been beyond humili- humiliated, right? It's 27-0. You're a joke. You come out of half and immediately take two holding penalties. There's no attention to detail. There's no urgency. There's no focus. There's no gu- – and, and by the way, I was talking about guys I nailed to the bench. I would nail DeMarcus Robinson to the bench. I would nail him to the bench so damn fast, his head would spin. I am so sick and tired of watching him have 40 snaps, three targets, two drops, a catch, and eight yards. I can't anymore with this. Play Pringle. And, and Josh Gordon. Is Josh Gordon alive? Like they uh, signed Josh. What did you Gordon.
2: sign him for? We
4: One signed target, him. and
3: it was on the interception.
4: That was the only time I saw him. And it's like, well, we've got to get DeMarcus some snaps. Why? Like, let's just call it what it is. He stinks. What has he ever done? And you're like, man, thank God he was on the field. I can think of one game, that game in Oakland a couple of years ago, and they won the Super Bowl, and he went nuts. He doesn't di- – look, he's an NFL player, but he's not a difference maker. He's an NBA player who plays 28 minutes and has four fouls and, like, three points. Who cares? He's a guy. You know why he's been back here the last two years? Because he's hit free agency and nobody wants to pay a dime for him. So he comes back for one year and $2 million. And look, he's had some moments, but at this point, play Gordon, play Pringle. Like I I'm done with all this stuff. It's you're three and four. You stink to high heaven. It's enough. Play these kids play guys who can make a difference. Cause let's say all the guys we've all been talking about, they're all gone after this year, all of them. So why are we wasting any time? And what is it like defensively? What are they going to do? Be worse? Like, play Dorian O'Daniel. I don't give a shit. Like, what is he going to do? Be worse than his linebacking crew? Right, right. I mean, it's crazy. They act yeah. like, oh, God, well, what are we going to do if we bench Frank Clark? Have you seen Frank Clark? They could dress me up in a 55 and, and nobody would know the damn difference. I've never seen anybody who just does nothing more often than Frank Clark. Like, what? why do they have to keep playing him?
2: For what? Yeah. It's crazy. Get, get, get Fountain up on the, on the roster. Why did you keep him? Why did you keep Fountain? He was on the 53 for a number of weeks. You don't play him. You sign Josh Gordon. So what are you doing? You let other guys go. I would like, and let's just move on to our next topic because where we're sort of wading into that territory right now anyway. Who should who should this one came in the heat of the moment, but who should be fired/cut, slash cut, right? Um now, I don't know that we should go and say that Spags should be fired although I, I know many of you in the chat are going to disagree with me on that. You know, I I really I, I agree with you. Maybe maybe they don't have to be cut, but like maybe you do cut DeMarcus Robinson and and bring up Fountain. He's
0: Seriously.
2: a guy you yep. he's a guy he's a guy you invested in you kept on the team you like him you know d rob's not coming back he's not doing anything anyway get him up there because i'll say this he's not probably ever going to be great or anything but pringle is like turning into a little bit of a serviceable guy for you made a hell of a catch today we've seen what he can do when he gets the ball in open field when this offense is actually doing something so you know He's getting an opportunity. He's doing a little bit with it. The, the problem, of course, is that the rest of the offense is a tire fire right now, especially today. So why not bring these guys up and see what they've got? Why not? I don't know how many. Does anybody have any idea what the snap count was for Gordon in this one? It's not high. I don't know the number, though. If if you got Demarcus Robinson running around out there, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. You may as well see what you've got in this guy. If you cut Demarcus Robinson, is he going to be on a team next week? Serious question. Does somebody yes, got sign but, him? Yes, but he's not he's not
4: playing he's not playing any real snaps.
3: Right. No, but but he's not the issue either. I mean, cutting DeMarcus Robinson doesn't make the Chiefs a winning team over the Bills or the I mean, I get what we're saying, but we're like dwelling on on DeMarcus Robinson like like wide receiver 5 is to blame for the Chiefs misfortunes here and and you know, I'm just worried I I, I guess we're supposed to be asking who should be fired or cut. I don't really know. My my problem is this, you know, the Chiefs, and maybe this isn't the problem. Maybe this will be proven and our reactionary week after week takes will look foolish. I hope so. As a fan, I hope so. But this team is so patient. Andy Reid is so patient that I'm, I'm almost concerned that we're just going to see them keep saying the right things and hoping to eventually right the ship. You know, everyone's saying like, who are the Chiefs going to trade for at the deadline? as as aggressive as Brett Veach is, he took over in 2017 and didn't make a deadline deal. And that wasn't a great team in 2018 when the defense was horrible and Sutton was fired, he didn't make a deadline deal then either. He didn't do one in 2019. And in 2020, the only deadline deal that Brett Veach has ever made was flipping Deandre Washington to the Miami dolphins for a sixth round pick instead of a seventh. So, Brett Veach seems to be as aggressive as he is at other times on the NFL calendar. The only, the only time where he seems to sort of rest and let it play out is during the season. It looks like he, like, like he enters the season going, this is what I'm dancing with the one who brung me. And, and it seems like that's his approach to the season. So anyone expecting Veach to like bring in someone big halfway through now, it would be the opposite of what Veach has already done and Reed seems to be sort of the long-term posture of this is a long season we'll get this right. I'm afraid we're going to see the Chiefs like beat the Giants in primetime next week, feel good about themselves and then just hold the line and end up, you know, not doing anything at all. Uh, patience is a virtue but but I'm just not sure what to think of it here. So they tried in 2018
4: to trade for All Thomas and were ready to, but he broke his leg in that game. But otherwise, Matt, you're right. I mean, they haven't really done that a lot. I don't want to see them make a trade because I don't want to see them waste any assets. Yeah, they, I, I, they're not a player away. Right? They stink. Yeah, it's not like, going to fix it. The only reason we're waiting for them to come out of it is because of the last two years. It's not based off of anything we've seen this year. True. They, they, they're a dumpster fire. This team, like they can't do anything. Do you think they should be sellers? Who? What are they? Who are they going to sell? I mean. You know, that's the problem. I'll tell you, right. like the Marcus Robinson. Yeah, I'd, are you kidding me? i pay to send him out. <laughs> poor D-Rob.
2: Hey, no, poor not, D not Rob. poor D-Rob. <laughs> poor us. We got to
4: watch him. Okay, yeah. you know, enough of this. Yeah. Like, I don't know that they should be sellers. I don't think they, I just, I don't think though they should be trading away picks. For what? This team, like here's, here's how I'd word this. Okay, and this is going to be a little weird, but stick with me. So I am a Knicks fan. I have gone through pain with this team for 20 years. They had an awful toxic culture. They finally broke it out, broke out of it. And last year, they hired Tom Thibodeau, who screams at them about everything. They broke out of it and went to the playoffs. They were a four seed in the East, right? Not that talented of a team, but just outperformed based off of, of effort and will and everything else. This year, it's early, but they're a better team. And on Friday night, they were in Orlando playing an awful Magic team. They're up like 30 points. And one of their young players missed a free throw of 30 points. And Tom Thibodeau is just screaming at him during the TV timeout. They got a technical foul a few minutes later, and he made that guy go shoot the free throw. There's a And the reason I bring that up is the level of accountability. They just won't stand for it. Like, if you're not going to play well, if you're not going to do your job, then you're going to get reamed out or you're going to sit. And I look at the Chiefs. We're, who's holding anyone accountable? Who does it? Andy Reid, look, and I, I love Andy, but let's call it what it is. He gets up at the podium every week and goes, you know what, we're gonna get this right, we're gonna get this corrected. We're gonna be-. well, I don't see it. You stink. You're worse now than you were a month ago. You know, Patrick Mahomes, what is he gonna do? Tell everybody to stop turning the ball over? Had you seen his own tape? I mean, that's that's a problem, right? Like who Tyron Matthews busy throwing his hands up constantly, but I don't see him doing anything. Like, there's no accountability. There's no accountability on this team. And I think it's like, I use the examples. So I go back quick. It's easier to do that with a team like the Knicks who have a bunch of young guys who haven't proven anything, right? It's a lot harder to get into Chris Jones's face when he's won a Super Bowl and he's got the money. But you know what? The great team responds. I'll tell you right now, You, I bet you Bienemy or Reed could get into Travis Kelsey and he would respond. I feel like half these guys on the defense would just put their helmets down. Like there's just no accountability at all And until that changes, they're not
2: going to come out of this. It's gotten so bad for the Chiefs this year that we're talking about the Knicks on this podcast. As a shining
4: example in comparison. As a shining
2: example. I mean, that is, before we talk about it all, so a couple times this season, I thought that the Chiefs had hit rock bottom. The Bills game for sure. I'm like, well, this has got to be rock bottom for them. They've got to be humiliated. They're going to get it together. And it seemed like for the most part, other than a quarter, they did against Washington. And to your point, Matt, this is what I'm scared of, too. I think the rest of the season is is, is, is going to go similar to what we've seen so far. They're going to be good enough to beat the bad teams, the teams that are inferior to them. So they'll, they'll go out there and they'll take care of the Giants. And then they'll get curb stomped by the Cowboys because the Cowboys have an explosive offense, probably the best offense they faced all season long. They're not going to be able to stop them. There's just absolutely no indication that they're going to be able to do anything against a team like that. Um, and, and I agree with you, Matt, on the trade thing. Why? Why give up any assets? Who are you going to bring in? Are you going if you can? Can you get Derek Thomas to come back to life? Because that might be the only thing. A pass rush might be the only thing that gets this defense playing better. Is if you can get somebody that can get to the quarterback? Because as we've been saying throughout this entire podcast, they they have it in them. We know that they have that in them. We've seen them do it. So I think the big issue for me here is that lack of a pass rush because when we talked about this game, Verteram, on our preview, they played exactly the way we told them to play. We said, shut down Derrick Henry, you know, as, as, insofar as you can shut him down, take your chances on one-on-one coverage in the back end. And I will say yep. this about the defense. They gave up the plays, but in general, I thought the coverage was tight. The Titans were just better. They were just better. There weren't any bad blown, which is you know a guy was wide open behind the defense. They were on their guys, but Tannehill was putting the ball right where well, it because there's to no be. pressure. Because there's no pressure. That's exactly. Because they don't it. even touch him. If they had even a little bit of a pass rush in this game, you know, and some of those throws that he, I mean, Tannehill really made some incredible throws in this game. And AJ Brown is is back in form, and and the Chiefs just and so when you added that to the fact that the Chiefs were doing nothing on offense. I think when we were saying that the Chiefs should play that way in our preview, we were thinking that this Titans defense is bad, and it is, and it's all banged up. And that the Chiefs were going to score 35, 40 points. So when you think about this game, there was no pressure at any point on the Titans, either from the line or from the Chiefs offense. So when I look at this game and everyone's going to point to the defense, for me, like you look at the box score. They did a pretty damn good... Derrick Henry averaged three yards per carry. He had like 87 yards rushing. In a game where they were trying to run out the clock at the in the, in the second half. The, the, I think the defensive game plan worked pretty well. It's just the Chiefs offense did nothing and they can't rush the passer. So, Verter, do you think they could go out and try to find somebody who can help them get pressure? Or is it a lost cause? I wouldn't even waste their time. What, what is one guy going to fix this? I mean... I I, I don't even care. I
4: don't feel bad about piling on at this point. They're paying Frank Clark $27 million. He's awful. I mean, he really is like putting a cornerback at defensive end and just going, I don't know. What do you think? Russ, the passer. How many times have they this year faced an offensive line, missing multiple starters and done jack shit the entire game? How many times? I mean, Cleveland was without Cedric Wills most of that game. The, the Chargers were missing the right side of their offensive line. The Eagles were missing four starters on their offensive line, both guards, both tackles. The Ravens were missing everybody and had gotten destroyed by the Raiders six days prior, right? The, the, the Titans were missing Taylor Lewan. Roger Saffold was in and out. Doesn't matter. Made no difference. Can't get pressure. They don't I mean, forget sacks. They don't even get pressure. There is nothing. Nobody gets home. Nobody forces any kind of disruption. It's just the same old, same old. And I I don't I don't see it changing. I do I do not the biggest failure of Brett Veach's offseason was they did nothing to address the edge rush. They went, Well, we'll just put Chris Jones outside. Well, it hasn't worked. And now now you're stuck with just bullshit everywhere because nobody else can play. And the interior rush, I don't blame Veach with Reed. Everybody thought Jerron Reed was a great signing. Jerron Reed has basically decided to show up and just steal money. That's where we're at with Jerron Reed. So I don't know how these – I'm not even kidding with this. I would feel guilty collecting my paycheck if I was on that defense. Literally guilty. Like, I would almost think about donating it to charity. <laughs> it is impossible how bad they've been. Can you imagine, you're Frank Clark, you get a check for $1.5 million on Tuesday? $1.5 million. I would feel bad about taking the money. It's I don't know. He
2: needs it for the legal fees. So he's probably feeling pretty good about it.
4: I mean, it is just unbelievable, but no, I don't think I do not think they're fixing this. I don't. And I, I
2: don't, I don't know that this team makes the playoffs. I'm not ruling that out because they're talented. but I just, I don't know. I have no idea. Answer me this. So we talked about, you know, f- for weeks now, Cheese fans have been hitting us up on Twitter saying, cut Frank Clark, cut Frank Clark. You know, he's not worth the money. And we've said, like, rightfully right. so, like, it doesn't make sense for them to cut him. It's not going to save him any money. But I think at this point, when we're talking about who should be fired or cut, um, is this one of those situations, Matt Connor, where you, as Werderam was saying, there's no accountability. And if you know this guy's not coming back next year and you've got some young guys, is this a situation where if you're Brett Veach, you say, you know what? I need to send a message to the entire team, that they have to play better and that it doesn't matter how much you're making or who you are to a certain extent. Like, let's just be honest. But I need to send a message to the team that your jobs are on the line. Dan Sorensen, I might cut you. Juan Thornhill, I might cut you. Those guys, right? Mike Hughes, you want to keep getting the paycheck? You need to play better. Do you think he sends a message and makes one of those moves where he's just like, yeah, we cut Frank Clark. Just wasn't doing it for us. We're going to eat the money we'll play somebody else. And does it have any effect? I mean, I would be absolutely shocked to see something like that. I
3: think, I think being benched makes a lot more sense than being cut outright, especially if it's not going to save you any money. Um, and I, and I'm also a little, I'm also a little bit more hopeful than, than, uh, than maybe you guys are. I I liked a couple more things from the game today than just Nick bolt. Like I, I saw, uh, you know, I, I like some effort from Willie Gay I mean, I, on the interception. That was great. Um, you know, Fenton had some had some good plays. Thornhill had some good plays. I even thought Reed showed up in the backfield a few times, and I was happy to, like, even see that he was, like, notable in the run defense, which at least provides something one-dimensional. That, that works for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the edge rush, of course, all that. I don't know why Kando isn't getting as many reps as possible outside. I don't know why we're not seeing, you know, Harris or, or anyone else for that matter. Mike Dana has been the only revelation there. And, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about Clark. I don't,
2: I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Virg- <laughs> should they just cut him to send a message? They should cut someone. They should. I don't know if it's him. I'm fine if, it, if it's him by the way, but. But he's a big like he's a big contract. It's like what they say, like if you go to prison, you're supposed to go and find like the biggest, baddest guy and punch him in the mouth, right? <laughs> you know, send a message. That's what you're supposed uh, well, to do. Be, I mean, I have no do? problem
4: with it. Like they're eating the money anyway. I I don't they have to do something. And Andy Reid going up there and like I understand, like he can only say so much in a presser, right? Like he's not gonna go up there and throw the entire team under a bus. I get that but i'm sick and tired of him and i'll be honest i'm sick and tired of Mahomes going up there and yeah you know really i got to play better yeah no shit yeah you do have to play better and i got to say not that this has anything to do with the on-field product so let's just get that out of the way right here and now it's not a great look when you're playing like crap and you know your family's in the headlines every other week like you know because of stuff that's happening pre-game and post-game and during the game and it's on the sideline like look that has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes turning the football over, but it's com- you know, but but the the look of it, the optics of it are bad when you play like crap and you're throwing turn you know you're throwing picks and your brother's doing TikTok dances on the sideline on Sean Taylor's number twenty one. Now I know Washington put them in that area, but you know what. It's still being completely oblivious by his brother. And it's still not the best look in the world. And his brother also was spraying a fan with water at the Baltimore game. Because, you know, like, you know what? Maybe it's enough with his brother for a little while. Maybe it's enough. Like, maybe, you know, you go you go sit in a box. I'm not saying, like, ban him from the stadium or anything. You go you go do your TikToks in the, in the parking lot. And then you come and do, like, it's not affecting the on-field stuff. But it adds to the circus of the team right now. You know, it really does. Like just enough. It's it's not. They don't need it. They don't need the TikTok crap on the sideline. They don't need Tyron Matthew tweeting from the locker room. They don't need. It's enough. Focus yeah. on football. And I, I'll tell you what. I honestly think. And Bill Parcells was a master. of This and he was with the Giants and the Pats and the Jets, especially the Giants. He made it miserable to lose. It was so uncomfortable to lose. And you know, I've heard Jimmy Johnson talked about that way from Michael Irvin. And look, Andy Reid's been really successful for a long time, right? But it's got to be uncomfortable. It can't just be, well, I can shut off my phone and not look at my mentions and it doesn't matter anymore. It should be uncomfortable when you're this talented. Now, there's a story from the 86 Johns won the Super Bowl. They played the Niners, who are a great team in the 80s, of course. And they, they went up there on a Monday night and actually won the game. But they ran for 13 yards. And they played them again in the playoffs in the divisional round that year. And Parcells kept calling his offensive line Club 13 the entire week because he was pissed off that even though they went and they beat the Niners in Candlestick on a Monday night, that they only ran for 13 yards. Well, then they went and ran for 200 and won 49-3, right? Like, there has to be something that's uncomfortable, a benching, a limiting of snaps. Nothing happens. They lose these games, and it's just like, oh, yeah, look at that. We stunk again. Oh well, we'll get it corrected next week. And that's bullshit. That's not anywhere yeah. near
2: good enough. Yeah. Matt Connor, you have a response to the yeah. TikTok discussion.
3: Well, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to add on to what Matt was saying because to me, when I saw what you were talking about earlier with Harold and, and Tyron Matthew yep. and that kind of stuff, look, man, we've all seen a franchise every year in every sport where the wheels just start to come off. And every week you watch it and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's happening. And that's what this feels like to me right now. Yep. The drama, the, the, the garbage headlines on the side, someone needs to go through the, the Mahomes household and go, give me your cell phones now, put them in the case. Like, like you're at some key party and everyone's got to throw their car keys in the bowl or something. If that's what they got to do, but, but the, the antics on Twitter, wait,
2: wait, 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 what kind of key parties are you going to? Um, Do you know who should be fired or cut? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, throw the car keys in the bowl. That's uh, if the chiefs start going to key parties, then we have a, we have a problem. Um, No, please go on. Please go on. I just, I couldn't let that one pass. It was hilarious. (laughs) I get
3: it. I probably said that incorrectly anyway, but I, you know, like the next move to come is for the chiefs to sign Fred Smoot. That's what I'm saying. Like we're at we're at the point where everything is so... a veteran
4: of key parties.
3: <laughs> you know, we're oh, we're just Lord. at a laugh, we're at a laughable point, and we may look back and go, gosh, the we should have seen the wheels coming off of this. We were talking about the wheels coming off of this, and they did come off. That's what this feels like. Losing plus drama, plus a lack of accountability that you're talking about. Someone has to button the top button here on this shirt. And get that, and before it's too late. Because it's not too late. That's the thing that makes this so outrageous to us, watching the product, is going, if you would only get your act together, you could still do everything you want to do. Um, but yeah, you know, Matt's totally right. And, and, and uh, I don't see it happening because it keeps happening week after week.
2: Well, speaking of accountability, I have to ask this. What in the hell was our guy, Patrick Mahomes, doing in the game that late in the fourth quarter, I tweeted about it probably about five or six plays before it happened. And if you didn't see this part of the game because the CBS cut away or you went to drink some bleach, Mahomes was getting sacked. He was going down by the legs and another guy was running at him, couldn't move in time, kneed him in the head. I mean, it was an ugly hit. I was like, oh, God, he could have broken his neck. It was like that bad of a collision. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's laying there. He looks he looks dazed. He had to be helped off the field by his teammates. Somehow he passes the concussion protocol, which I got to tell you, this concussion protocol, it don't work. If that guy didn't have a concussion, the concussion protocol is not foolproof. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't want to go into that whole thing. I'm glad he's okay. I didn't want him to have a concussion. But if you saw his eyes when they zoomed in on his face, he didn't look like he knew where he was at, which was maybe a good thing just in general because I wouldn't want to remember that I was getting my butt kicked that bad too. But what was he doing in the game? And then after that happens, he sends Andy Reid sends Henny out there and Kelsey and Hill are out there still catching passes. Kelsey looks banged up. What is, what is Andy Reid thinking? That they're going to come back with Chad Henny? What's, what's going on, Matt Verderham? Talk some well, sense to This is to akin, me. but more
4: dangerous to their bullshit. They do every game when, you know, the other team has the ball with like a minute left in the half. They're on 10 yard line. And the chiefs just start frantically calling timeouts. Like they're somehow going to get the ball back and score. They did it in both of their Super Bowls, And the Niners when they got bailed out with Kittle's offensive pass interference and the Buccaneers didn't bail them out and scored a touchdown. And after the game, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're just trying to get the ball back. It's like, well, Hey, don't be numb nuts. Like, just let him go to halftime. Like, what are you doing? And this is a far more dangerous version of that. You're down 27 to 3. And at that point, like, the offensive line is bad today. Really bad. Part of the reason they're really bad is because they're getting killed the entire game. And Tennessee didn't have to worry once about him running the football. They could just tee off nonstop. And you're in a game where I would have yanked Mahomes in the third quarter. Like, I really would have at 27 to 3. That would have been the end. But no, Let's play him to the end. And that play comes on fourth and 18. And what are you doing? I mean, this is one of those things. If he had gotten seriously hurt, like, God forbid, what happens if he blows his knee out on that play? Because Andy's busy trying to get 10 points on the board. Like, what? And this, again, this again, though, on a higher level, no accountability. No one will hold them accountable at all for it. Who's going to say anything to Andy Reid about it? Andy, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's the franchise. The next 15 years, he's the franchise. What are you doing? Nobody. Scar needs to. Who's nobody's gonna hold him accountable for it? Nobody is gonna hold Mahomes accountable for the fact that he's playing like Jameis Winston on the Bucks. Okay. No one's gonna do it because he's paid more than anybody else in the building. Okay. And he's a part owner of the team across the street. And nobody is gonna say, hey, Pat, why don't you rein it the fuck in and stop throwing picks every damn game? And let let the defense worry about stopping everybody, not worry about scoring 55 points and just do your job. No one's going to do it. No one is holding anybody accountable in the building. And again, none of the off-field crap we talked about, I talked about, is the reason they're losing these games. But it all plays into this bigger mentality of, like, the game's not the most important thing. It's all the other shit that goes on around it. It's all the nonsense that goes – and I I do think eventually – all that matters. Now to get back to the question of hand, he should not have been in the game. Anybody who's reasonable would know he shouldn't have been in that game. It was ridiculous. He was getting pounded. And I'm on with you, Patrick. The idea that he didn't have a concussion there is mind blowing. I mean, look, if they really didn't, I'm, I mean, look, I'm really thankful that he's okay, but it sure as hell looked like a concussion from someone who's had a few of them, by the way, in my lifetime. Like, I recognize that look where you just, you're out on your feet. I mean he he had no clue
2: where he was. And after the game he was like, "Well, you know, I was slow to get up." Yeah, you were slow to get up. You had no idea where you were. Whether it's Clark or whether it's Brett Veach, somebody needs or another coach or even a player needs to pull Andy aside and say, "Listen. You've you, this is your job. Your job is to protect the players from themselves. If you, if you're out there you're listening to this podcast, You're a Chiefs fan. You're on Twitter, whatever. If you think you're pissed, I know I know we've been talking about it looks like these guys don't care, but they do, right? They aren't playing like it, but they do. Most of them do. And if you think you're pissed about this game, that's nothing compared to what those guys who are out there doing battle are probably feeling like. They're going to do stupid shit when you're getting your ass kicked all day long like that. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, these guys, they don't like that. They're not used to that. And it's this late in the game. And it's fourth and 18. And Patrick Mahomes is, this is what you want in a player and what you want in a quarterback. That's how they're wired. They're competitors. They're going to go out there and they're going to try to win the game on one play because that's all they know how to do. And as a coach and Andy Reid, you, your job is to protect them from that and to say, hey, listen, I got to think about the big picture here. I got to think about the macro. I need you in week 17. And I, I don't need you. We're not winning this game. I'm taking you out. I'm going to put the young guys in. Let them get some reps. Let Henny get some game action. Not a bad thing. You, you need these guys sometimes. It happens, right? Let them yep. go out there. Let them get some reps. Let them get some. some so, so it's just get something good out of the game. It's over for him to take a hit. And then after the game, they say, well, he wasn't concussed, but, but Andy decided not to send him back in. It was a coach's decision. Okay. And that just sounds shady as hell. Because if you're, how does that make you feel if you're Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey? And you're like, hold on. So Pat's not concussed, but you're not sending him back in, but you're going to send me back in. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think it starts as we've been talking about, it starts from the top and it starts about that accountability. And if you're not making good decisions as a head coach and you know, somebody DM me today and they said, do you think that this Britt Reed stuff is impacting the team? And, and a lot of people have theories about this on twitter i said no i don't think so because i just don't think that most of the players really give a crap about brit reed or what's going on i'm not saying that they're monsters or anything but like they're not out there in the game against the titans thinking about brit reed and it's affecting their focus but is it affecting andy's focus i think that's a fair question to ask and and the game planning and all of those types of things that go along with it matt connor i'll let you respond
3: Uh, you know, I I have a couple of thoughts there. One is that, that even them being active in the fourth quarter was even incongruent with what Andy was trying to do early on. I mean, it's one thing if you keep going for seven and you're going for it on fourth down, but if you're settling for field goals from the moment that halftime is over through the rest of the game, then why in the hell are you putting Pat out there late in the fourth quarter? You know, it's one thing if they'd like give it like just gone all in on trying to, erase this massive deficit but we're watching harrison butker trotted out there a couple times you know like you know you're that was incongruent to me and just made it even worse of a decision to play those guys late at all in in terms of Britt reed i i would completely disagree i I don't think it's a thing i don't even think it's something to really bring up i don't think it's i i think that's a private matter concerning private things with 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 reed in the same way that people were asking him about his other son back in philly i just think journalistically, you don't go there. I don't think it's my business. I don't think it is. And you know what? I think Andy would be the first one to say, I have a personal issue and it's keeping me from doing my duties. And therefore, I need to not be doing my duties. I think Andy would would be the first one to say that. And if he's not saying that, then I don't need to say that for him.
4: I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's well put. But I also think while it is personal and I won't go there, I do believe, as I mentioned earlier, it does factor in to the idea with this team that there's always something going on. There's always something. And I do think it's a, it's a, it's a journalistic matter in this, re- in this regard and only this regard. He was a Chiefs employee when it happened. He was an assistant coach on that team and he went out and allegedly got drunk and crashed his car and put a poor little girl in a very tough situation going forward with her life in okay, a tragic accident. Now, I have no idea how much that affects Andy day to day, as you put said, Matt. And well said, none of my business. Not my spot. And I'm not going to editorialize on it. But since that moment, they have been one effing thing after the next. It's that. Then they go into the Super Bowl, they play like shit. Then they go into the offseason. Frank Clark's out here with an Uzi in his car, right? Like there's multiple arrests with him and gun charges and all this other crap that he's he's racking up. It's just always something. And then obviously to a much lesser non-criminal extent, but the stuff I already talked about with you know, Jackson Mahomes on the sideline dancing around and all that it's enough. It is enough. Just play football. Like If I were the Chiefs, I would very nicely tell Patrick, we'll give you a, a box every game, no worries, no problem there. We don't need you guys down on the field. Nobody needs to be down the field. And if you're going to be down the field, then there are no phones, nobody's filming anything. That's it. Because – I don't think that any of this stuff, like I, I forget which one of you said it, but I, nobody's on the field going, geez, you know, I, I hope, I, ho- I hope everything's buttoned up off, off the field, but it all adds to just these distractions. that I think a lot of times are overblown in the NFL. They did distractions, but in this case, I think there's something to it because I think it speaks to a larger problem with this team right now. They're, you know, it's like Tyree killing his fucking gloves that have the peace sign. Hey, Tyree, how about just catching the ball? You've enough of those go through your hands this season. Like, but no, I've got to have my catchy little gloves and make sure that's good. And, and Mahomes' family, it's like every week there's something else, right? Small, big, whatever. It's always a story. And when you're as polished as, it, as they are and as, and as profoundly good as they have been, everything is under a microscope with you. Stop putting things under a microscope for them. Yeah. And it just—it never stops. And it goes back to the complete lack of accountability and focus, which is why they're three and four. It's not their roster. It's are three and four. It's not their coaching staff. It is a complete and utter lack from
2: top down that to any focus or accountability on a weekly basis. And, and these off the field things, I think they do matter. And they have, they have an impact on everything. And sometimes you can see those things and sometimes you can't. I'll give you a couple of examples of, dir- of what I think are direct impacts some off the field things have had on the Chiefs. Tyree Kill and all of his off the field stuff. Which frankly, thankfully seems to have calmed down. If Tyreek Hill doesn't have this off the field stuff going on, a few years ago, maybe the Chiefs don't draft McCole Hardman. McCall, he he turned out to be a, a pretty good player for the Chiefs, but th- th- that was. There's no doubt in my mind that that was a panic move. They were like, "We need a big, fast, speedy receiver early because we might be losing Tyreek Hill." Then Kareem Hunt, he gets into all his nonsense. Do you know how much better this team would be right now if it had Kareem Hunt? Are you kidding me? They were. They were looking like, I. they were absolutely incredible when they had Kareem Hunt. He goes in and gets all this crap going on off the field. He gets cut. So now you're drafting CEH. There's no, they drafted CEH because they're like, well, we got to try to get this back. We need a running back. We need a running game. And maybe they didn't. They won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams and, and, and a bunch of guys like that, right? So these things have an impact. And it's had an impact on some of their very early draft picks. And now maybe some of that stuff is coming home to roost. It's, like, oh, well, McCall Harmon, he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not even a, probably a number two for you. And so you're you're signing guys like Josh Gordon and not developing other younger guys. It's just one thing after another, and the dominoes start following. So I think I, I think these things matter, and I think that they can start to cumulatively add up. Every NFL team has distractions, of course. Uh, players act up. Coaches act up. Look what's going on in, with the Raiders right now, right? They're winning, but they have their coach acting like an idiot. Um, it, it adds up. And and, and you've got to limit those things and limit the distractions for your players. Or when things start going wrong, it's magnified to the 10th degree, right? And I think that that's what we're seeing now. And I think the Chiefs need to evaluate everything that they're doing from a personnel perspective, top to bottom. All right, let's move on and ask the question that we've been dancing around this entire podcast. They're three and four. Are the Chiefs a playoff team, Matt Connor?
3: Uh, I do. I think so. I th- I think that there's enough bad teams left on the schedule. I think the schedule's long enough. And I just look, you know, if the Chiefs only turned the ball over two times instead of three times in the first quarter against the Chargers, we're having a different conversation now. If Clyde doesn't cough it up at the last second, uh, you know we're having another conver- a different conversation. I mean, there are just so many instances of this team shooting themselves in the foot. Buffalo beat them outright, completely. The Titans decimated them today outright. They are not the best team in the AFC, but there's also just these games where it could have easily gone the other way. Flip a coin, whatever. They could have still had a bad game and still won. And that's true of two or three games a season. So I just have a hard time believing all these dominoes are going to keep tipping the exact same way, especially as the chiefs begin to feel the reality of the season, like creep in. And maybe that's even this week or whatever. Um, Maybe it's insanity to keep saying something optimistic and keep watching the chiefs, right? Insanity. The definition is like trying the same thing, you know, and expecting a different result. And here I am believing after another week in the AFC West basement. So I get why people think that they aren't. They are three and four. That's not going to get it done. Uh, but I still choose to believe there's enough elite talent in its prime to get this done, at least to sneak into the postseason. Ferdinand? I hope I look really stupid.
4: I don't think they're making the playoffs. I, I, really, I think they're going to be like eight and nine. I do. I, I think they're going to beat the Giants because the Giants are awful. Although I got to tell you, at this point, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would, it, would, it, would you put it past the Giants to go in there and score 38 points? I wouldn't. I mean, they're awful. But I think they'll win the game, and everybody's going to go, oh, four and four, and now they face Rodgers. They're going to get killed. They're going to get boat raced by Green Bay. I think they're going to lose at Vegas on Sunday Night Football. I don't think they're stopping them. For what gives you any reason they're going to stop them? And then I think they'll lose to the Cowboys. I think they'll be four and seven. And then they will just, they'll beat Denver twice. They'll beat Pittsburgh at home. I think they'll beat the Raiders at home. And I think they'll lose to the Chargers on the road. And then that game against Cincinnati might be for the playoffs. And I got to tell you, Cincinnati looks pretty damn good right about now. Pretty hard to make a case the Chiefs are better than them currently. So I think, now look, I will say this as well, though. Would I be shocked if the Chiefs finished the season like 11 and six? No. But I, for the longest time this season, I felt like, look, they've got to prove to me they're as bad as some people are kind of saying they are, for lack of a better term. Because they've been so good for so long. You got to show me. On to the point now, Jello, you got to prove to me you're good. Because I'm, I'm sick of this. This is insane. It's bad football. Yeah. They have not played one wire to wire good football game since last year's AFC Championship game. That was like yeah. 10 months ago.
2: They're awful. So, no, they get no benefit no. of the doubt. I think they go 8-9. They don't make the playoffs. Going to the chat. And what's up, everybody out there? Matt Morrison. They're a wild card team at best. Tom Hood. Chiefs are not a playoff team. No way. Uh, Anna says, uh, what's up, Anna? I agree. Mahomes is not the problem. Nick Bull. No, Patrick. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, our guy Cheeto Freak is out there. If we sneak in, we get destroyed by, by a team with their shit together. Uh, Michael says, I'm with Vertram. Um, appreciate you guys. Jeff Gibbs says eight and nine Common says, no, they can't uh, appreciate you guys out there in the chat. Again, make sure you subscribed. Hit that thumbs up button for us. We're holding a great audience here tonight um, of angry Chiefs fans. Really appreciate it. Zero chance they're a playoff team says uh C Gravit 86. Uh, if we do make the playoffs, we'll get blasted in the first round from ill gaming. Uh, I'll go on the record. I still think they make the playoffs. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this. It doesn't make any sense to be saying it, to be perfectly honest with you, based off the way that they've played uh, against the Bills and, um, and the Titans today. But I don't, I just feel like it's there that it's in them and that it can't keep going like this. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the, the defense is just going to be historically bad and that's that. And Mahomes is going to keep throwing picks. Um, but I think if they want to make the playoffs, they have to beat either the Cowboys or the Packers. They, they've they got to play well against a good team. They're going to beat the Giants. They could put Henny in there probably and beat the Giants. Don't tempt fate. Um, yeah, right. Well, And you're right because when you're this bad on defense – You can lose to any NFL team. Any NFL team could get going on you. And if you're turning the ball over, you're going to lose. So, um, but no, I think they're going to be the Giants. And I I, I just, I think I agree with Matt Connor that I just, the coaching, Mahomes, all of these great players, I feel like they're going to get it together at some point and start playing a little bit better football. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I just, I've got, look, they've been really, really bad this season. But with the players that are currently on the roster, I've got way more evidence that they're better than this than I do that they're not. So uh, I just I'm still tilting a little bit, not very much, but I'm still tilting a little bit in the favor of I think that um, they can get it done. All right, let's get to some predictions. And we want you guys in the chat, you guys and gals to get in on this with us. Um, And let's let's start. Let's just get it started. What is your final record prediction for the Chiefs? We already kind of touched on this, but what do you, what do you got? And I'll start with you, Matt Connor.
3: I, I still think the Chiefs win probably 10, 11 games. I think they sneak in the postseason. I, I think um, it would surprise me if they won the West. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go 11 and 6. 8 and 9. I, I do not think they're getting any
4: better defensively. And I think they're going to lose to the Packers, and they're going to lose to Dallas, and they're going to lose to the Chargers, and they'll split with the Raiders, and they're going to lose to Cincinnati. I mean I I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Connor, if you're right, man, and they win eleven games. I wouldn't be shocked. But they gotta they've gotta tighten it up, man. They've gotta they've gotta feed you know the old uh the old what is the wedding crashers line, right? Lock it up. Lock it up. It's time it's time. Lock it up. I mean, this is and if I have to hear one more player, and God knows we're gonna hear it all week, talk about well, you know, we just have to get to you know get it together. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, at some point, but at, no. Anyway, look, eight, and nine. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but right now, I, I can't go any further than that.
2: I'm going to go with ten and seven. Uh, I'm going to be right around what Matt Connor was saying. By the way, I don't know if you heard the thunder here in Chicago. My God, I got these noise canceling headphones on. I still heard it. It's where God's angry for uh, if he must have watched a little bit of the Chiefs. But game I bet today. on the Chiefs. Right. <laughs> he maybe did. Um, I just said, uh, yeah, 10 and 7. I think they're going to be able to get in with the extra wild card spots. I just think they're too talented. And I think they'll be able to rattle off a few wins here. And when they get in the playoffs, they're probably an early exit, at least based on what we've seen from them so far. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh See Gravit 8 and 9. Uh Terry said, oh my chat moved. Crap. Um Mike Cole says eight and nine. Colin nine and eight. Umkc eight and nine. A lot of, a lot of a lot of round five hundreds. You can't go five hundred anymore. Uh Robert Quick, uh, seven and ten. Common says eight and nine. Signature gals, nine wins. The Kentuckians with me, ten and seven, Mark ten and seven, Roscoe, seven and ten. Oh, it's Maisie. Now see, there's a site for sore eyes. Vertram's daughter making an appearance on the podcast. Maisie, what's the Chiefs? How many Chiefs? Are the Chiefs going to go to the playoffs, Maisie? Yes or no?
4: Yes or no. Are they going to, are the Chiefs going to go to the playoffs? Yes.
2: Yes? That's- oh. So I'm the that's- only one that's a doubter. That tomorrow, a girl. But
4: The Queen says that. Yes. A girl. So can
2: you say bye to everybody?
4: Bye. Right, bye, you Maisie. Get out of here. I'll be out there in a few minutes.
2: <laughs> All right. I think really we have to have a serious discussion here. Vertram, how did you have a daughter that cute? Uh, my wife, is she the first, is she the first uh, child to ever get 100% of her mother's genes? I guy hope so. So <laughs> she, uh,
3: I think Verderam's a handsome fellow. I don't know what you're talking oh
4: about. Oh my God. You kidding me? Fellow. There's no way to go
3: to life. I look like, the sh- I look like a shoe. Um, but
4: I, uh, i I'm yes. My daughter is, she keeps me saying next week, Halloween trick or treating. That's exciting. And I'm sure people have seen it at this point, of course, on Twitter, but uh she's gonna be a big sister again come April to a to a baby girl. So um congrats, man. A little bit of a congrats, road buddy. to that point for you anybody who knows the story. That being said, we're excited. Uh thank you guys, thank you very much. Um yeah, she's excited to terrorize
2: another child. So should be good. Should be a good time. <laughs> well, maybe our luck will change with your good news this week. And we're uh couldn't couldn't be more happy uh for you and for Steph and for Maisie. Um, very excited uh, that you're 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 the ultimate girl dad here. It looks like, um, yeah, congrats, man. Um, all right, listen. So one thing we did I, after the Super Bowl, and it was bad, but I, you know, I said to Vern before we we started recording for the Super Bowl episode, hey, you know, we got an opportunity here. Let's try to like, let's try to help everybody. Everyone's gonna be really upset about this. Let's try to let's you know try to provide a little bit of therapy or light for, for people. And I know a lot of cheese fans out there. This is tough. Like, look, we watch this, we watch the cheese cause it's for fun, right? It's entertainment for us, but we, you know, we all work at fan sided and, and that's why the company exists. And we believe in uh, the fandom and, and the passion that comes along with it. And we believe that the fandom can be a positive thing. And for those of you out there who are, um, but, but, but these, these things, like it, it really bumps people out. A lot of people, they work their asses off all week long and they look forward to watching the Chiefs on Sunday. And so, you know, it just kind of, uh, it's just a bummer when you get to Sunday and, and, and that happens and you don't get any enjoyment. In fact, it makes you feel worse about everything that's going on. So. Do you guys have any any good things that that you want to point out? I mean, obviously like the play of Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, those types of things. Let's try to end this on a little bit of a positive note for our listeners and our viewers out there who who are maybe feeling like they just want to you know drink an entire bottle of Jack Daniels and uh, you know maybe add a little Clorox in. First of all, it sounds like a good mixer at the moment. Clorox honey—they're starting to sell that now. Clorox There's honey. There's not a lot of positives, man. I, yeah.
4: I guess the obvious positive would be, uh, well, one that it's over. And two, I, I thought Nick Bolton legitimately played a great game. Like that is why they drafted him that game. I mean, how many some of you may have it in front of him? How many tackles from losses did he have today? Four, five? He had a ton. I know he at least hit four. He had a ton of them. I thought there were a lot of guys flat out making business decisions with Derrick Henry and, and other guys, frankly. Nick Bolton hit him head on. He was not intimidated, and he, he hit him and knocked him down his tracks a few times. Like I, I was really, really impressed by the way he played, which is why it's not even really a shot at Hitchens. It honestly isn't, but if he plays like that as the Mike linebacker, keep him there. It's more important that than Nick Bolton gets those reps and th- than that Anthony Hitchens doesn't lose his job. Like, play him there. I actually thought the combination of he and Gay was a real positive on a day where that might have been the only positive.
2: I thought they did an excellent job. Matt Connor, any, uh, any pauses from you?
3: Well, I mean, I, I don't know that this is uh, even like an analogy that really works, but I, I guess I was just thinking earlier after the game, you know, of, of like, you know, if you grow up, you know, with like, you hear your parents arguing and then there's like this worry in that moment that like the whole thing's going to fall apart. Cause you're not like a part of the unit that holds it together. And then, you know, like if a, if a kid is to like, ask like something of their parents, like, you know, are you guys going to be okay? Are you guys splitting up? I heard you arguing. And then, and, you know, and I just think it's the parent who laughs and goes, yeah, honey, don't like, don't want to like, like, of course, we're still going to be together. Like just couples fight sometimes and that kind of posture. And I guess I think of that in terms of this game for the chiefs, like, you know, man, the couple had a fight. We had a horrible day. It was, it was miserable. The whole house feels how, how cold it is. There's a lot of things that need to change. There's a lot of communication that needs to happen. There are things to address, but in the end, everyone's still married, still a family, still whatever. Like that's how I feel about this game and other games by the chiefs. There's communication that needs to happen. There are things that need to change. There are problems to address. And if they remain unaddressed for a long amount of time, maybe the whole thing falls apart, but, It's not. It's week seven. We're not to the midpoint. We're not to the bye week. The season's even one game longer than we're used to, which, by the way, I just hate, I'm, you know, whatever. All this feels like a threat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're not even halfway done. Well, you know, it could be. It could be. And and maybe that's right. And (laughs) we're in for a long roller coaster of misery. I mean, maybe, maybe we got on some haunted ride and we're all going to be sick and throwing up by the end of it and wanting our money back. But, I'm of the opinion that I think, look, Chiefs are still married. They, in other words, they still have the best quarterback in the game. They still have a future Hall of Famer at wide receiver who is the single greatest offensive weapon in the game. They have the best tight end. They've got a Hall of Fame head coach. They've got emotional leaders who need to get their own teammates in order. Can they do it? Yes, they can. Will they do it? No idea. But at this point, I'm not going to say the whole thing's falling apart because the basic elements – are still in place. This team last year beat the bills by running for more yards than the bills had offensively in the game and then switched and beat them through the passing game and saying, I mean, I just love that they ping pong the bills twice last year. And that was just last year. And I'm just not going to believe that that same team is suddenly going to fall apart and can't even make the postseason in the middle of a flawed AFC. I just don't buy it.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it was the play of Bolton. Uh, And the play of Willie Gay. And I think that that speaks to why I think the Chiefs should stop playing guys like Demarcus Robinson, because, you know, those guys are going to make mistakes, but you drafted them for a reason or you kept them around for a reason. And what you've been seeing from Bolton, like this was a great game for him. He really got to display what he brings to the table, but he also got to display that he's learning fast. Right. I mean, that that play where he knifed into the backfield and and took Derrick Henry out like that was just great recognition on his part. That's that's showing that the up the stuff that he needs to have happen upstairs is starting to happen. And that's when he's going to be able to start making more plays because he's a little bit more athletic than Neiman and Hitchens. He's faster than those guys. Same thing with Willie Gay. The recognition on that play where he knew he wasn't he wasn't getting to the quarterback. He did a job, set the edge a little bit, and then he saw what was going to happen, used his head, and jumped up and used his athleticism to make that interception. If more of those things start to happen from those young guys – and they can maybe somehow start to get a pass rush. I think we might see again, the dominoes start falling in the other direction where some guys start making some plays early in games as opposed to late when they're already getting railroaded. And it starts to have a little bit of a chain re- reaction for the Chiefs that's positive. Because as you said, Matt Connor, they have it in them. We know that they do. So it's, it's, it's for me, it's not one of those situations where it's, it's impossible to fix because. The talent isn't there. There's enough talent here for this team to, to win and, and frankly, maybe go to the Super Bowl. The talent is there. But they're the ones who have to unlock it. It's not going to be through some magic trade or anything like that. They've got to do it themselves. Um, I did joke, though, on Twitter that uh, maybe on on Halloween, the Scooby-Doo gang is going to uh, apprehend Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and take off their masks to reveal Herm Edwards and Brody Croyle and then rescue the real Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from the old storage shed at the carnival um, so that we can hold out hope for that, too. So either a trade... Or or maybe the Scooby-Doo gang can get it done. Zoinks. Zoinks, yes. Zoinks, Zoinks indeed. <laughs> Zoinks. Any final thoughts? Um, I'm glad it's over. And I'm
4: looking forward to enjoying my week and going trick-or-treating with my daughter. And if they get it together, great. And if not, I'll be right back here Monday night killing them. But I really think more than anything, I don't know that I think they have the talent to go to the Super Bowl at this point. I really don't. But I'm not ruling it out. I just think... It, you got to start somewhere, right? Pragmatically, you have to start somewhere. I would start with eliminating the distractions with this team. Flat out. Accountability. Stop the nonsense. Get rid I would tell Tyreek Hill, put on regular gloves. I'd be putting families up in boxes and not on the sideline. Like, I would start with all the little stuff. It's little stuff. It's stuff that you look at and go, well, why does that matter? It sets a tone that little stuff does matter. And then I would go the next step and I would pick somebody this week that I think is not just it stunk this week, but that has been bad throughout the year. And I would cut their ass. And that would be the big boom across the bow that if you're not going to play better, you're gone. And I think that has to happen with this team. It has to happen. If they don't hold each other accountable, we're going
2: to watch them sleepwalk through the rest of the year. I agree with everything you just said. Um, Matt Connor, any any parting thoughts for you?
3: Play the young guys. I don't know why this yep. team is so precious about their practice squad. They kept DeAndre Baker on the, what, the practice squad after signing him for like eight or nine weeks last year before letting him play in week 17. We signed Josh Gordon three weeks ago. Get him in there. I mean, I, I just don't know what's going on with keeping some of the young guys on practice squad or inactive or just not playing. If you if you sign a reinforcement, if you bring on board a guy like, like Gordon – I mean, you can't get worse results with
2: with these positions of need. Just let the kids play. Let the kids play. The kids will be all right. I agree, and I think I think we may see some drastic things from the Chiefs. I think they took a half step when they put Thornhill in, and, you know, and 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 but they need to go all the way, and I, they can't wait for the bye week to to make changes, to install changes. So they should really, honestly, they should treat this. Andy should treat this. Um, this Giants game, like it's a bye week for him. He needs, I would get, I would take Eric Biennemi and be like, look, man, run the team this week, get them going, get us ready for the Giants. And I would take this week and what figure out, take the time to figure out whatever changes you need to make for the rest of the season. I think it's an interesting opportunity. The Giants are a tire fire. They're a team you can beat. And I would try to start installing some new things to get ready for the second half of the season. It's because you are not beating the Cowboys. Playing like this. It's not gonna happen. The Packers and all those boys. It's just not gonna happen. All right, everybody. Um, Mike Cole, Chase, Nikki, Colin, uh, Anna, Cheeto Freak, Signature, Tom, appreciate you guys, Kent, Wave the Suede, Roscoe, thank you so much for watching. I know that we're keeping you right now from the epic quarterback battle that is Carson Wentz versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Um Garoppolo's got 46 yards passing, by the way. Um, so, appreciate you guys sticking with us to talk. Some Chiefs, appreciate you hitting that thumbs bu- thumbs up button uh, on your way out, if you haven't already, and that subscribe button. As always, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, so you can find us on all the places that you get your podcasts. And if you leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts, we, uh, we'll read it on the, on the show. You'll get your name, anything you want to say, and, uh, you know, if you want to tell us your favorite breakfast cereal, your favorite Halloween candy, we love to know all that stuff. I've just been absolutely uh, drowning myself in cow and Reese's cups this month. So it's going to be a rough uh, November. I've got between Halloween and Thanksgiving to, to try to just lose a couple pounds so I can start packing it back on for uh, Thanksgiving my, and Christmas.
4: My wife, she obviously now, uh, what, 14 weeks pregnant so she's getting all maternity clothes. Should I just get some maternity pants for the winter and just call it a night? Oh, that's a good idea. Sweatpants, fair yeah, because you don't foul? have to
2: come into the office anyway. It's fair maternity, you know, and it's and it's a great way, I think, to show her support. That's right. You know, you start wearing. Why big, should baggy she be the clothes. one who gains all the weight in this family? Right, right. It's my turn yeah. to step up. It's time to step up and do what you can. i you know, what I want you to let Steph know for me personally. I'm going to do my part over here as well. I'm going to put on ten right. pounds this winter in solidarity.
4: Good, good. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the right decision. And I'll tell you, I was going to go for like a midnight workout after this. The gym's open twenty four seven, but the hell with it. So is uh, so is the, the grocer down the street. And I'm I'm gonna hit those boys heavy for some Reeses.
2: Yeah, yeah. You got it. They're starting to buy all up up all the Reeses right now. I so know. All the supply chain issue stuff. You know, you got you to gotta stock up while you can. All right, everybody. Uh, go enjoy Sunday night football if you can. Um, check on your fantasy teams. We'll, so here's the schedule. We'll be back on Tuesday. By the way, Sterling was supposed to join us, um, but he's allegedly sick um, probably Are from that all? Chiefs game. Yeah. Uh, don't blame him for not wanting to come on. But the schedule is, of course, Matt and Sterling will be back on Tuesday. They'll have more reactions to this game. They'll start looking ahead to the Giants game. Verderam and I will be back on Thursday for our uh, preview of the Monday Night Football Contest. And then on Monday night, we'll be back again to talk Chiefs, and uh, hopefully they'll be back to 500. For Matt Verderam, Matt Connor, my name is Patrick Allen. Thank you so much for joining us, and as always, go Chiefs!